Well, welcome to this conversation. I'm Teresa Keller, and my guest today is, I'm going to say it up front because I'm so proud of this, a former student of mine who the audience will know as a former anchor and reporter for WCYB-TV for 10 years, Olivia Bailey. Welcome to this show. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great to have this conversation. Yeah, we're going to talk about what you've done, what you're doing now, and all kinds of things. But let's start by talking about your 10 years at WCYB and how people will know you. And do you still just get clobbered everywhere you go because everybody recognizes you as you and wants to talk to you? Well, I think the last time that I was with you, Dr. Keller, somebody recognized you and didn't recognize me. (laughs) You know, that was the truth. Boy, that was shocking. I don't even remember who that was, but it was obviously an old timer. But yes, I loved my time at WCYB and really, I think I really got to know the community, even though I'm from Southwest Virginia, it just took me into a deeper dive. And so as I got to form those relationships, really, really became um, friends with a lot of people across Southwest Virginia. And so, yes, still to this day, um, I still get people coming up and and talking about my time at WCYB. Uh, it's kind of funny because I don't think I can go anywhere without someone telling me they miss me in the mornings. And so um, that was that's nice. It's a little heartbreaking because I wish I could be with them every morning. But the work that I'm doing now is so important. And so I'm still a friend to Southwest Virginia and uh, still out and about in the community. And so just telling those stories in a different way in my new job. Yes, you made your name for yourself and your fame at WCYB-TV, but now you've reached the pinnacle. You appeared in the Rotary Frolics a couple of weeks ago. I did. (laughs) And I will tell you, I was a little nervous because I've been to those before and I've seen some of the jokes that they make, but um, I will have to say they took it easy on me um, and allowed me to do the ROTN news um, for that segment. And so it just felt like it felt natural. It was a lot of fun with that crew and just having a good time and kind of getting just to meet everybody and also bring back a little bit of that anchor anchor time. And so it was a lot of fun. We had a blast because I didn't know what those scripts were going to say before I went on. Yes. So if people are paying attention, the R-O-T-N sounds like rotten news. Tell us your favorite joke from the rotten news that you delivered in the Rotary Frolics. They had crafted a, a joke about the Abingdon Town Council, who I have a lot of dear friends on, but they um, the joke was that Derek and Donna were elected and Wayne and Dwayne no, were re-elected, and Dwayne and Wayne were re-elected. And so anyone who ran had to have a name that started with the same letter or rhymed. And so they were looking for someone with the last name of Billion or Million to run with Amanda Pillion. And oh. so I, I thought that that was pretty funny and clever. Well, it was silly. And are you telling me that you knew ahead of time how dirty the jokes are in the Rotary Frolics? Um, well, it has been... I guess almost six years since I'd been. I don't think I quite remembered until I got to the practice the night before, but um, I will say I did let out a couple giggles and maybe blushed a little bit at some of those jokes. We had a great time. But you were truly nervous. Why were you nervous with the frolics when you knew how goofy and silly and crazy they all are? (laughs) I know. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, even when you're performing, I guess, it just took me back to, you know, news and all of that stuff. And I'm not really that funny. And so I wasn't sure how it was going to come off. And so it was it was a blast, but I was trying to get in the joking, but still trying to be serious at the news. So, yeah, it was um, it, it was fun, though. And I think everyone had a good time. And so 
Well, you were a brave soul to sign up to do that. And they were capitalizing on your fame, you know, to try to make sure people came. Olivia Bailey is going to be in the frolics. So I'm sure lots of people went just because of that. Well, I had Adam Bolt there next to me. So I'll share that with him and local talent and fame. Yes, Adam Bolt, another Emory and Henry uh, graduate, as a matter of fact. So let's go back to your EHC Mass Comm days. And and I'm going to pivot on that thing that you said about being nervous. You always amazed me in the mass comm department about how you would tackle anything and you seemed fearless. And you knew from the very beginning that being a television news person is what you wanted to be. Is that right? That's right. And it's funny because so many people ask me how I got involved in that. I don't even remember what it was that led me to say I want to be a television journalist. And the only recollection that I really have is one of my cousins asked me, I had to be a junior or senior in high school. You know, what are you going to do after you graduate? I said, I don't know, I guess be an anchor. (laughs) And I, and I don't know what it was that made me come to that conclusion. I think it was really just a matter of like my communication skills and um, my writing skills. And so those were two things that I knew I could do. And I'm not a person who sits still every day. And so that just, I have a natural curiosity for the world. And so that kind of allows you to be nosy, but it's your job. And so it allowed me just to ask a lot of the questions that um, I thought were important. And so I guess, you know, in just terms of being nervous, I, I just saw it as a conversation with people. And, um, and, you know, that kind of took all the nerves out of it. And, you know, there are times as journalists that you have to go through very hard situations and you have to ask a lot of the tough questions that are never easy. And so to say that, you know, I lost all of my nerves at any point during my career, you know, probably it wouldn't be the case. It's just how you have to frame your mindset to start asking those questions and to approach those situations. And it's, it's kind of funny now because it, it just seems so natural just to talk to people. Yeah. I love the thing you said about you're naturally curious and nosy. And that's true. I, I had that experience too. And it's what I love. You get to ask questions of people that that their closest friends would hesitate to ask. But back to you and your beginnings in that career, from the time I met you, first yeah. year student, and you knew then I was never a question when I came in contact with you, that that's what you wanted to do. So let's talk about how that path unfolded, because you were very ambitious and you got some great opportunities after you graduated and while you were still a student, internships and experiences like that. Tell us, drop those big names. Yeah. So I think WCYB really catapulted me. Um, So I started my sophomore year doing internships. And so that was a paid internship through the Virginia Association of Broadcasters. And that really got my foot in the door um, to just have the experience of, you know, back in that time, we still had somebody to run the teleprompter. And so I was running the teleprompter and shooting live shots and um, asked to produce a little bit and write a little bit. And so I really just wanted to learn everything and, and understand it. So I, when it was time for me to come to that point professionally, that I kind of knew everything that was happening around me. And that's important to me in any job that I do, because I think then you appreciate the people that work around you and what they have to do. And you understand the loads that need to be lifted across the board. So you were an intern at WCYB in your sophomore year of college. And then my junior year, um, let me make sure I get these correct. Yes. My junior year, um, I interned at CNN in Atlanta for CNN News Source, 
which is their affiliate sharing program. And I think that was probably one of the most transformative experiences of my life because it kind of came late in the summer or later than I had anticipated. I already kind of had some non-paid plans lined up. And then I got a call from who would forever be one of my closest mentors, uh, Jason Muschi, asking me to come to Atlanta. And it's funny because I remember him specifically saying, I don't know where Emory and Henry is. I don't know anything about this college, but I see something in you. And by the end of the summer, I had called Monica Hoyle and asked if she could ship me some Emory and Henry mugs. And she did. And to this day, anytime I have a conversation with Jason, he has that mug in hand and says that he will forever remember Emory and Henry. And so that was a special moment for me. So that was my junior year. And then my senior year, I finally got a a fellowship that I'd been applying for for the previous three years. It took me a couple of tries to get in, but that was the International Radio and Television Society. And um, they offered me a fellowship to work at CBS News in New York. And I did that with several other students from across the country. It's a pretty competitive um, fellowship. And so at the time that I was working there, Scott Pelley was the anchor on the CBS Evening News. And I worked and kind of directly um, responded to Anthony Mason, who at the time was just a correspondent, but has since kind of worked his way up. And I worked with him on CBS this morning and he didn't really have an assistant. So I ran his social media and um, just kind of researched his stories and would go through and log all of the interviews, which if you go into journalism, you realize that's sometimes the worst part of the job. But I learned a lot from doing that. And so then I came back and um, realized that um, I loved Southwest Virginia. And if I was going to work that hard, I'd rather work with people that I knew and uh, tell the stories that I was familiar with. And so that's when I came back to WCYB and started my full-time career. Well, that was an amazing resume you brought to WCYB. Uh, Olivia, I think you know, the elephant in the room is that local news has changed. It's the staff is less than it used to be, much less. The job is harder. Is there anything you can say about that? Well, I think I think that's something that we are seeing all across the country and in the industry. You know, I told you that at the time that I started as an intern in 2012, we still had people to run the teleprompters. <laughs> and uh, that is something that anchors do all on their own now. And so, you know, newsrooms have reduced in a number of staff and people are now taking on two and three and sometimes four jobs that were separate in the past. And so um, that part, I think, is difficult. Uh I will say it did make me very well-rounded. I got a lot of skills that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise, but I would say, um, you know, it is a challenge sometimes staffing those new room newsrooms because of that. And it's always funny to me when people come and say, well, you must've made a lot of money in TV and you do not, <laughs> it is not a career that pays well. So usually people that are in that profession are in it because they love the storytelling aspect and what they do. Yeah. Which is not to say that as you climb the ladder, that there is a lot of money in some cases and local media depends on the size of the market. And it's um, a challenging picture in local news. And you chose for some reason or the other to leave to do what? And so now I, uh, I work for friends of Southwest Virginia as the director of marketing. Um, And so what our organization does is serve and sustain the creative economy in Southwest Virginia. So when we say that, we're talking about arts and crafts, music, outdoor recreation, cultural heritage, 
And this is a place that is rich in tradition and with all of those assets. And so our job is kind of to connect those natural and cultural assets with the downtown communities, to bring in visitors, um, and kind of just promote that way of life across Southwest Virginia. And so in my job in marketing, I'm kind of... um, I'm a supportive role to all the other um, activities that are happening around here, but also very much promoting this region as a world-class tourism destination. I I promote, I enhance, I whatever. Give us some specifics. What's something that you have done and accomplished along those lines under that umbrella that you can tell us about that you're proud of? Yeah. So um, in kind of my marketing role, I work on um, scheduling our uh, events for groundbreakings and our development arm. And so um, we are currently under construction on two two separate projects um, in Southwest Virginia that um, have been kind of a long time coming. And so when we talk about outdoor recreation in Southwest Virginia, that's one of our greatest assets. So uh, we broke ground on both um, a Hayside River Walk, and that provides access to the Russell Fork River. And then we also broke ground on the High Knob Destination Center, which serves the High Knob region across Southwest Virginia and um, will now allow visitors to kind of stop in that area. So I got to plan those groundbreakings. And I would say that that was a blast to me because the it showed the investment in the communities that we have, and it showed a lot of momentum for Southwest Virginia and where we're going. Would I be interested in the Hayside Riverwalk? Where is it? What do you do there? Would I be interested in the High Knob Visitor Center? Where is it? What do I do there? Absolutely. So both of those, um, if 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 you're an outdoor recreation enthusiast, so if you walk, if you uh, yes, fly, I do. If you fish, any of those, yes. Um, And so I think that's why a lot of people live in Southwest Virginia, because that's what we love to do. And so like the Hayside River Walk, that's now going to create access to the river. So um, for people who love to fish or kayak or do any of those activities, and we've also made it handicapped accessible. So that's going to allow more people to access that. And so there's that. And then in High Knob, um, the thing that I love about this um, destination center is that you know, it is kind of the first introduction from the Norton side of the mountain of the mountain of that high knob region before you get to all those recreational assets. So people can now stop in there and talk to someone if they're trying to get trail maps or if they're trying to orient themselves of what's to do on the mountain, they can just stop in there and have that conversation. But on the tourism side, and so the world that that I also work in, it also helps us just kind of keep track of who's coming to Southwest Virginia and where are they from and why are they coming here? And we have a lot of people who visit anyways, and this is just going to have a give us a chance to have a conversation with them as they're coming in. High Knob relates to what area? And you said the Norton side. So is this destination center in Norton? It is. Um, so it's just just right on the cusp of the city of Norton, but The thing about um, the work that we do is that we promote regionalism across Southwest Virginia. So all of those communities kind of working together to promote these assets, because we know that when visitors come to Southwest Virginia, they just they don't see the city lines. They don't see the county lines. So they want to eat and dine and shop and have all their attractions and they don't see those lines. So um, so while that destination center is in the city of Norton, um, we it on the backside, it connects to Scott County and we have other assets there like 
the devil's bathtub and the hiking trails, you know, people come in and out of big stone gap and there are a ton of new restaurants there and other activities, the lonesome pond, the trail of the lonesome pond, the, the outdoor drama. We know that people will go in and out of Lee County and Wise County and, and looking for those aspects. So we're trying to get people to come to Southwest Virginia and stay a little bit longer and enjoy some of those other assets. So when we talk about that, we talk while Norton kind of has the, the situated building and some of the financial components involved in that project, it's going to be much larger than just the city of Norton. It's all of Southwest Virginia. The Devil's Bathtub. Devil's Bathtub is, um, that consists of some hiking trails and and water. I think that that may be featured in Barbara Kingsolver's new book. It is. I haven't haven't had a chance to read that yet, but I've heard a lot about it. And I've heard that that is one of the Southwest Virginia attractions that is mentioned in there. All right. Devil's Bathtub. And you find that in which county? Scott County, just over the mountain. That's all part of that. When we talk about the High Knob region, that's all part of that aspect, but Scott County. And if I showed up in the city of Norton and went to the High Knob Destination Center, I would have information about all these things. When we're expecting that completion um, toward the end of the year, maybe early next year, uh, depending on the construction timeline. And so once we have that, that'll be staffed and have all of that relevant information about all those communities there. Oh, that's right. Yes, you did say groundbreaking. So right now I would go to a construction site. You would, (laughs) but we do have the foundation and the footers laid. So um, we are making some progress on that. We broke ground in December. So we've already started to see some of those foundational and construction movements. So you're employed by the Friends of Southwest Virginia, but your office is in the Southwest Virginia Cultural Center. How much do you interact with what goes on in the Southwest Virginia Cultural Center? So that is one of our um, pillars. To kind of explain it quickly, the Friends of Southwest Virginia um, is a state entity through the Southwest Virginia Cultural Heritage Foundation. And so that's an arm of the Department of Community and Housing Development. And so that was created by the state to oversee these creative economy uh, initiatives um, several years back. And so Friends of Southwest Virginia is the nonprofit that kind of runs the operations um, of the Cultural Heritage Foundation. So um, what we do is, in addition to development and marketing that I've talked about, we also run the Southwest Virginia Cultural Center and Marketplace, and we also operate Round the Mountain Artisan Network. So Our team runs the operations here at the Cultural Center. So that goes from everything of, you know, the retail space and the galleries upstairs. We're also a designated Virginia Welcome Center. So we serve um, all of our Southwest Virginia communities and, you know, sending brochures and all of that stuff, but also events. So we have been really grateful that the communities really started showing out for a lot of our events. And those are, you know, concerts, family-friendly events. Um, We've really started you know, trying to make that connection and getting people in the building and kind of understanding what we do and just providing that service and that entertainment for people across the region. So so events and Southwest Virginia Cultural Center is the former Hartwood, the thing along the interstate that looks like a barn that's been pulled apart. It is. All right. Can I come there and find food and beverage? So at this time, we don't have a cafe or an active food service, but we do host a lot of food for our events. So anytime we're hosting an event, the Crooked Road Jams, um, on the first Thursday of every month, we have food with that. Um, Any of the concerts or things that we do, we serve food. But in terms of um, day-to-day, that's not provided at this time. 
if people want to know about what events are coming up, where do they go, Olivia? Well, what I'm hearing is everyone sees it on Facebook. So we promote all of that information on social media. We have a calendar on our website, the Southwest Virginia Cultural Center. Frequently promote those still on our media partners. So any of the radio and television stations. And so we're sending that out on a number of of outlets, but most often we're hearing that people see that stuff on social media and that's the best way to communicate with everyone. Okay. We'll do business right here. I hope you send it to WEHC and you could sit on your computer and record a little promo that they could run any old time. Well, I'll, I'm pretty sure they're on our mailing list, but I'll have to double check that now. You've got, you've caught me in one. I haven't checked to make sure. Yes, ma'am. We better double check that. All right. When we were talking about doing this interview, We said, and I should say again, I'm talking to Olivia Bailey, former anchor at WCYB. Everybody knows her from that. Now working with Friends of Southwest Virginia, which is housed in the Southwest Virginia Cultural Center. But when we were talking about this interview and we listed all the things, and one of the things we said on there is we'll talk about life. What can you tell us about your life? Great. I'm no longer waking up at 2.30 in the morning, which is like uh, the one thing that that has changed in my life, but um, it's it's great. So um, kind of adjusting to this new job, have a wonderful partner, uh, my boyfriend, Will Wampler. So yeah, we... would you say that again? <laughs> yes, my wonderful partner, boyfriend, Will Wampler. We have been dating almost, gosh, I guess we're going on about three years now. And so um, he's a phenomenal. So that, <laughs> I always like to promote that. But yeah, we um, live and spend a lot of time across Southwest Virginia. We enjoy all that all these outdoor recreation things that we're talking about, Will and I are always getting out there. We go on the river quite a bit. I enjoy fishing and running and walking on all of our trail systems. So I'm a huge reader. So if I'm not, you know, running or exercising, I'm usually curled up with a book and finish those in a day or two. So my life's pretty mild, but I enjoy it. It's been great. And I have a lot more time staying up past my bedtime, you know, at yeah, eight o'clock. That was I'm sure fun. you enjoy that. <laughs> and we're going to get back to Will just for a minute. But first of all, you talked about running. You were a runner in college. I was. Um, I ran for the Emory and Henry cross country team. I was one of the team captains there for several years and kind of helped build that program back up. It's it's amazing now because Emory and Henry now has a track and field team that competes. And I signed the paperwork to create that club to start the initiation to be- become an NCAA sport. So now to see that that program is up and running, I never got a chance to participate in that. I'm not as competitive as a runner as I used to be. A lot of times it's just a couple of miles on the trails or on the treadmill, but um, I still enjoy it. It's kind of my cathartic time, you know, to get on the treadmill and just kind of ease everything out for the day. And back to Will Wampler, I have noticed the glow that has come upon you in the last couple of years that's clearly related to Will Wampler. And what is the story with him? He he is a delegate to the Virginia legislature. He is. Um, he's currently in Richmond right now, serving his second term. He serves Washington, Wise, Russell, and Dickinson counties. And so it's it's so funny because when Will and I met, he was running for office and there was never any kind of connection there. We were, you know, professional and interviewing and all this stuff. But anyone who knows me knows that I have the General Assembly when it's 
minutes in session pulled up on my computer and I'm watching all the subcommittees and all the committees. And so um, I've always had a love for it. So the fact that Will and I ended up together is just um, remarkable to me because I never thought twice about it when we were interviewing. And he just happened, you know, after the first session to ask me out to dinner. And what do we know? Here we are now. He's he's great and is an incredible thinker. You know, I always love to see his mind work when he's in the General Assembly uh, because he's just such I mean, the ideas never stop flowing for him. And so regardless of party, you know, we're not talking about party politics here, but just as a person, his will to serve Southwest Virginia has always impressed me. And, you know, I love to have those conversations and talk through some of the stuff. We don't talk about work a whole lot, but I get really passionate when I'm watching the General Assembly and uh, it's really just exciting to watch that back and forth. Well, the reason I ask about that is because I thought his he got redistricted. Yeah, so um, that will take place in November. Um, And at this point, if I could tell you what was going to happen with those districts and who's running, I would be a millionaire because I have no idea. And that's and that's the kind of part of it that um, we live separate professional lives. And so kind of let him make those decisions. And I don't really know what's going to happen. I will say, just as a citizen of Southwest Virginia, that kind of breaks my heart a little bit that Southwest Virginia did lose a house see in the House of Delegates because, you know, we have, you know, at least in deep Southwest Virginia, um, about eight delegates that serve the region. And so that will now be reduced down. So in other words, his district that he was elected in went away and he has to run in a redistricted area. Two of those districts were combined. That's right. So that meant, but to me, that means we lost 86,000 people in population or they have gone elsewhere. And so that's the part that I think is a little tough for me to see in Southwest Virginia. And I think that's why the work that we do now is so important to keep people living here and wanting to work here and raise their families here. This is our last discussion of Will Wampler, but he's also a lawyer. And I did I did see a little bit of him in action one time, and it was very impressive. So no more shout outs about Will Wampler. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. Yeah, he um, he's impressive. That's all that, that's all I'll say about that. I just you know, when I hear all those compliments, it's it's nice because I know that's how his brain works all the time. All right. So one more thing, Olivia, we overlooked the obvious. I'm just pinching myself. How did I do this? When was your first, when and where was your first live broadcast? A live broadcast. I, I do remember the first story that I did um, when I came on the air as a full-time employee. I was in Hawkins County and it was a child abuse and neglect case. And so that is all that I can recall about that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the one that I remember. Olivia, the first. that was your first professional broadcast. Oh, W-E-H-E. Excuse Hello. me. Hello. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, I actually, but I also did Chihuahua football for a couple of times. So I think that in the W-E-H-E corresponded. So yeah, sorry. I was I was going back to my TV days, but yes, I did spend some time in radio. Yes, Olivia Bailey did lots of broadcasting on this frequency, 90.7 WEHC during her time, and helped build up those broadcasting skills, developed muscle on this here station right here. Well, it's funny because I look back to those days and I just remember, you know, you don't really get a sense of the schedule of real life and thinking about having to program all of that stuff and what an inconvenience sometimes it felt like. And then you realize you do it every day and you're you're doing everything that you would do in a week in college and like four hours in your real life. And so 
it, it was funny to see that. And I'm so glad. I always tell people, um, some people overlook Emory and Henry and some of the local colleges and um, the experience that you can get at those. And I am always bragging on the fact that we had one-on-one experiences and got to go on the air, you know, that people had trust in us to take it and run with it. And so that's where we got comfortable. And so when we were ready to go out and I guess, take a real job, if that's what you want to call it, we'd already been doing it for four years. And Dr. Keller, you never, I I don't know that anyone ever said no to you. So I I think anything (laughs) that you ever came to me with, I think I I always followed through with it. Well, you were exceptional, Olivia, and we are out of time. So now that we have that clarified, Olivia Bailey, former WCYB anchor, former WEHC superstar, recent performer in the Rotary Frolics, and currently Director of Marketing at the Friends of Southwest Virginia. Thank you so much for being with us, Olivia. What fun to talk to you. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you considered me as a guest here. Absolutely. Anytime, you just let us know. When you're ready to talk, we're ready to listen. And thanks to those people who are out there listening. You are listeners. You are key to our operation here. We appreciate that so much. This is This Conversation. It's Wednesdays at 6, Sundays at 2. You can find podcasts and replays at wehcfm.com at the podcast link. Thanks again, everybody. See you next time.